I always say we're missing that big picture, the big picture, the brain, immune, gut picture. That's, it's like a secret that that can fix all of those things. It can make you happy, it can make you satisfied, it can make you live longer, all from the gut, immune, and brain. It's like the answer is right in front of us. The research is here. We now know that, that this is the problem. Right off the bat, I'll say it's an easy solution. It's not, it's not easy, it's simple, not easy, to eat healthy and change your gut. But it can be done in three days and that can change that whole trajectory. All right, everyone, welcome to Heal Thyself. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. All the love, all the joy. I really, really bring a lot of gratitude for the time you spent on this show. And more importantly, expanding what you've learned to others, helping heal yourself and each other. So what an amazing show I have today. I have Dr. Amy Shah. She's been on this show before. If you know her and you know her work, you know she is one of the leading, most passionate doctors slash nutritionists out there who's talking about the most up-to-date research for that foods you need to be eating, most particularly for your gut and your brain. And guess what? They're connected. So important. She's going to be giving us all the hacks, all the tidbits, all the newest information, everything we need to know about how much of what we need to be eating in order to really, really tap into our health from a nutritional standpoint. She's got a book out called I'm So Effing Hungry. I want you to go check out the book. But before that, get out your notepad, get out your pen, your pencil, and take notes because this one is going to be one to remember. All right, everyone. What a special two-time guest, uh -huh. Dr. Amy Shah is here. She is a double board certified medical doctor and a nutritionist. And if you remember, on our first show, we went deep into the logistics of fasting. We talked about when to eat, when not to eat, how when you work out on an empty stomach, it may be better, and what type of times during the day are best for fasting and who it's indicated for and who not. But ooh, today we're going to talk deep, deep, deep. We're going to talk about the gut issues. We're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk a little bit about obesity and how everything is all one. We got to stop looking at the body in compartments. This is a true holistic approach to overall healing. Doctor, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thanks for having me in person this time. In person. So and, fun. And it's always better. And your oh energy is as bigger, bigger than it was on the screen. Exactly. That's how I feel about you too. So thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Listen, from the get-go, I'm going to kick down the door and I got a question that is, that okay. is going to hit it right here. Yeah. When it comes to things like overeating, obesity, depression, and we're putting compartments for all the specific things, is it boiling down to one whole holistic thing? Uh, you hit the nail on the head. I always say we're missing that big picture, the big picture, the brain, immune, gut picture. That's, it's like a secret that that can fix all of those things. It can make you happy. It can make you satisfied. It can make you live longer, all from the gut, immune, and brain. It's like the answer is right in front of us. The research is here. We now know that, that this is a problem. And what I was saying to you right before we started is, takes three days. Landmark study in nature show that three days is all it takes to start making that change. So right off the bat, I'll say it's an easy solution. It's not, it's not easy, it's simple, not easy, 
to eat healthy and change your gut, but it can be done in three days and that can change that whole trajectory. I love that. I love, we are going right into the big picture, brain, immune, gut, yes. big picture. I love that. And, and when we think about how our microbiome can change so fast, a lot of us will go, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm, it's going to be a lot for me. It's a whole journey. Yeah. You mean to tell me three days of changing something like your diet can really cause downstream effects for your health? Absolutely. These gut bacteria, we have bacteria, viruses, and parasites, fungi that live there that help us. They turn over every few hours. And in three days, if you make a big change in your diet, we have demonstrated that it can change the whole milieu. And then of course it starts to um, compound. For There was another study, they looked at two weeks, okay? Two weeks of either ultra processed food or real food. Same calories, same fat, same fiber, same sugar. So the same exact food, but one was packaged food and one was fresh made food. And in two weeks, they saw a marked difference in the hunger hormones. So the ultra processed group was less satisfied. They had less neuropeptide YY, which is like your appetite satisfaction hormone. More ghrelin, your hunger hormone. They ended up eating 500 calories more. And they ended up being two pounds heavier at the end of two weeks. Mm. Eating the same like they were allowed to eat the same foods for the meals and then they could have like extra stuff as ad libatum. So, okay, so then that begs the question, if we're matching all of these factors, these nutrients or macronutrients, what is happening? Why are the ultra processed foods having that effect on us? It's the gut. It's the gut microbiome. If you eat real food, and you let that bacteria flourish. And this was a two-week study, right? The ultra-processed food. So you think about it, three days, the gut bacteria starts to change with the ultra-processed group, and then six days, and then nine days, and 12 days. All of a sudden, the bacteria is completely different. And they are not going to send um, the right signals, the fullness signals, the happiness signals. Uh, the gut bacteria themselves make dopamine, serotonin, they make peptides that look just like neuropeptide YY or ghrelin. Or, so they're basically changed. Mm -hmm. So the researchers at the end of it said, wow, we never expected such a huge change because it was the same amount of fat and sugar, salt, yeah. what we always blame, fat, sugar, salt. But there's a huge difference. And so what that makes me realize, like all these diet wars, vegan, paleo, you know, doesn't matter if you're eating ultra-processed foods. They're all bad for that gut. You know, skincare isn't just about looking good, right? A lot of us want to look good, but it's not just about looking good. It's about nurturing your skin and being well-balanced from the inside out. And, you know, this world is flooded with a bunch of harsh chemicals that are really insulting our skin, our barrier. And you want something truly effective that is safe. Alitura is one of the best in the game. If you never heard of Alitura, you just think of, you might've seen some uh, black bottles with gold writing on it. It's one of the best and they're always at health events and people are loving them and their quality. Alitura Naturals has crafted a serum that is not only safe, but also incredibly effective. Listen, a lot of you ask me where I get my glow from. This is a huge part of the equation. Their gold serum isn't just another skincare product. It's a testament to the power of natural healing and a commitment to holistic health. It uses organic ingredients like jojoba, olive, rosehip oils, and the gold serum is made organically with 
plant-derived vitamin A, not synthetic stuff, not that nasty stuff that you're getting in a lot of these over-the-counter products. GHKCU and marine collagen to revitalize your skin. Alitura Naturals has been using the best ingredients in their products for years. They've been pioneering the path for what truly transformed skin should be. So if you're ready to take control of your skin health and experience the pinnacle of natural beauty, I highly recommend checking out Alituria Naturals. For a limited time, you, the Heal Thyself listener, will enjoy the exclusive discount, just the Heal Thyself discount, only for you. That's 20% off of this gold serum. Go to alitura.com and use the code DRG for 20% off. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com and get that 20% discount. It's amazing stuff. I use it every night before bed and I'm telling you, I'm on fire with my skin in a good way. Check it out. It's been a long time since I promoted a coffee because there's not that many good coffee brands. We got one of the best ones now on Heal Thyself. Are you ready to elevate your coffee game? And experience to prove that it's not only delicious, but it's also health focused. Let me introduce you to Purity Coffee. You heard me review them in one of my first ever coffee reviews as one of the best, and then my second ever one as one of the best. And it's one of the best still. It's an ultimate choice for coffee lovers who, who prioritize taste as well as well being. I'm gonna tell you what makes Purity Coffee stand out from the crowd. Every step in their process is rooted in health focused principles backed by solid scientific research based rigorous testing. They use the finest specialty-grade organic Arabica beans and then move on to small batch roasting, ensuring that each cup meets the highest standards of quality. But what really sets Purity Coffee apart from all the other coffee brands is their dedication, is my favorite, is their dedication to purity and safety. Their beans undergo third-party testing to ensure they're free of pesticides, toxins, and harmful mycotoxins, those pesky substances that can wreak havoc on your health, causing issues like liver and kidney damage, digestive problems, brain fog, and fatigue. Purity Coffee also has some of the highest antioxidant capacity. And this is important because we have to understand coffee is actually really good for us when we're getting quality coffee. And the reason it's good for us and ensures so many benefits, especially heart health, is because of its antioxidant capacity. Purity has one of the highest antioxidants that you're going to find in coffee, giving you a powerful dose of healthy boosting compounds with every sip. Purity Coffee is grown on regenerative organic farms that prioritize soil health, animal welfare, and community well-being. They have certifications by USDA Organic, Rainforest Alliance, and Smithsonian Bird Friendly. You can also trust Purity Coffee is not only good for you, but also good for the planet. They have a range of roasts from their light medium roast with sweet fruity notes and their dark roast with rich bold taste. So to try out one of my favorite coffees in existence and one that I recommend to everyone still to this day, I've been doing it for years, is Purity Coffee. Go to puritycoffee.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your first purchase. That is P-U-R-I-T-Y-C-O-F-F-E-E.com and use the code DRG for 30% off of your order. So the more love you give to those gut bacteria, the more you're going to get that love back. But they love that live whole food. Yes. Not the processed stuff. They want the live whole food. They need it. They're starving to death. It's like we are starving them to death. And you know what's so sad, Dr. G? If you look at the gut bacteria from just a few generations ago, we are changing generation to generation. Like your children or your uh, family's children, grandchildren are going to have even less than we have. And so we are 40% less diverse than our forefathers. Imagine what's going to happen. And then you imagine what's going to happen to depression, to obesity, to heart disease. You know, I always think about, knock on wood, my dad has never gotten really sick, sick. Seen him have a cold, but he's never gotten sick, sick, knock on wood. He had Lyme and then he just got through Lyme so fast. And he grew up in Ecuador on a farm eating, like literally rolling around in the dirt, riding horses around farm animals. 
and this man, his gut can handle anything. Well, I remember one time he just ate a bowl of, uh, I think, raspberries, and he didn't realize they were, like, moldy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Me, I would have been in my stomach, or you know, like, right. just holding it. Right, right. So to think about the our forefathers' gut bacteria. Yeah. What's the change? What in Successive generations, what is the major thing that is just starving and reducing the health of our bacteria? Yeah, that's a great question. So they've, we've been researching that. When I was in medical school, the reason I decided to specialize in immunology was we had the session and it just blew my mind. They said, there's been some research that shows that children in London at the turn of the century um, that moved to London downtown and got they got richer. They lived in these nice apartments and they had nicer clothes and cleaner environments. They weren't living on the farms of the outskirts of England anymore. These kids started to get sick. And there's a very smart scientist, Dr. Strachan. He said, what's happening to these rich kids? <laughs> these seemingly, yeah. um, you know, kids that had more access to clean cleaning products. They were living a better life in downtown London, and it was just becoming industrialized. So over the next 25 years, he studied this. And in Europe, they have a great nationalized healthcare. So in Denmark and all of these um, places in Europe, they started to study this too, because they started to notice these kids were getting more autoimmune diseases, asthma, allergies, something was changing. And they unequivocally all concluded that there was this hypothesis, a hygiene hypothesis, that said from zero to five, especially zero to three, your gut and immune system needs to see germs. It needs to see animals, it needs to see dirt, it needs to see other people, siblings, you know, the whole farm life. It needs that. Mm. And so there was something about the new modern life that wasn't teaching our immune system enough and it was going haywire. And now it's expanded. So from 1989 to today, now we realize it's not just the immune system, it's the gut bacteria. It's that we're not getting enough bacteria seeding our gut. So the first time you are born, you have zero bacteria. You go through your mother's birth canal, the vaginal birth canal seeds your entire GI tract. When you start breastfeeding with your mother, it seeds your GI tract because through the breast milk and through the skin of the mother. So what they realize is, oh my gosh, from birth, we are kind of messing with the this bacteria. Then we're not giving them exposure to other siblings, animals, other family members. We're keeping them very sterile. And then we're noticing that they're going haywire later. Mm. So that's the whole theory. And now, it expands into, hey, these gut bacteria, they are more plentiful than our own cells. There's more bacteria and their genes are 10 to one to our genes, right? Mm -hmm. So we need them. We can't live without them. And they affect our mental health and our physical health. And they make us hungry, they make us happy or sad. So we can't just think of it as like, oh, we need to be clean and sterile. It just makes you really wonder um, if we're really going in the right direction. I mean, obviously we're not going in the right direction, but it makes you wonder what it is about 
what we're doing in modern life that is wrong? And mm. to me, the answer is we are killing the gut microbiome systematically. Mm. Mm. Systematically, generation to generation. Generation to generation. And, and, and to hear, you know, that, that inspires me. If And when I ever have a kid, it's, it's time to be outside yeah. early on. You know, a lot of parents go, no, no, I have to take care of my kid. There's too many germs. Yes. We don't want them to get too dirty. You're saying from the ages of zero to five, you said? Yeah. Let the kid roll around in the dirt. Yeah. This is an essential time. This is an essential time. And, you know, some people say to me, oh, well, I had no control over it. Like, I'm, you know, what, what am I supposed to do now? And I say, well, there's a lot you can do. You can still change your gut microbiome, even if you weren't breastfed, if you were a C-section baby, if you, you know, your parents didn't know any better, whatever. You can still do so many things on in your daily life to kind of change that trajectory. Um, spend more time in nature. You know, eat foods closer to nature. You don't need to um, eat all the ultra-processed foods that everybody else is eating. It's really sad. So the grocery store over the last 70 years has completely changed. I don't know if you've noticed it even since we were kids, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't have as many options for ultra-processed foods. It is now 70% ultra-processed in the grocery store. You can't even find, I mean, the real food sections are small. Yeah, very small. I remember. So even if you're eating ice cream, I'm just giving an example of something really fun treat. It used to be, you know, milk, sugar, uh, strawberries, whatever. Now it's emulsifiers, it's stabilizers, it's colors, it's fragrances, it's, and it's a non-food substance. There's no milk or cream in it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're changing and I, I'm not blaming um, the food manufacturers for the entire problem. Obviously, we're buying that food. We are asking for that. But we're asking for that because it's creating a response in our brain with immediate gratification while it's killing that gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. So at the expense of basically the things that help us sustain our health. We're just having gratification really fast, and that's what we're used to. Simple gratification. And why kid? you can't blame these young kids. These young kids, they're 75% processed diet now from 60 adults to 75% in the adolescents mm. because they, don't, they want the thing that gives them the dopamine yeah. burst. Why would you want the orange, which you got to peel it, then you eat it, and it gives you like a slight dopamine mm -hmm. um, boost, but it's not like... You know, you drink a soda and it's like burst. And you just, yeah, instant. you just burst. So is there, when the people viewing listening who have kids or want to have kids, you know, we, we got that really nice hack of having the kid just being exposed to nature, moving around. But what about their palate? For the kids who are really susceptible to having those dopamine hits, do we train their palate early? Do we start giving them yes. the vegetables early and getting them used to the whole foods? Yes. So... There was a study that came out, this was on adults, but it goes with kids too, is that 30 different plant foods a week is what it takes to have the most diverse, healthy microbiome with the anti-inflammatory um, compounds just being made by the minute. Wow. So, and 30, 30 different plant foods includes um, nuts, seeds, spices. Okay, okay, garlic, I'm over here thinking onions. vegetables and fruits only. Yeah, no, it's everything. So if you think about it, if you made a nice stir fry with garlic and ginger and pepper mm -hmm. and all of those things would count. So you get 10 to 15 just in a nice stir fry, right? So you would wanna have 30 a week in your family. And that inspired me because I thought, 
oh, I could do that. You know, mm -hmm. like maybe a couple of different meals you make for your family that has a bunch of different vegetables, some different spices. Um, you sprinkle some nuts or seeds on it. There you go. Come to think of it, it's, it's easier than you think. Yeah. If, if you have all of those options, you know, yeah. you have, let's say, two meals a day even. Yeah. You add maybe three of those per meal. Yeah. You're already on really good track. I love garlic and ginger and pepper. All of those things are considered separate plant foods. So you can just add them in. Then you can do um, nuts and seeds are all different. So I try to like pick some different nuts that I haven't had before, you know, just to move, uh, change it up. Because one of the things that they realized is that the 30 different foods, what they were doing is that they are diversifying um, the gut. Um, and the diverse gut is the strong gut. Mm -hmm. So what about the people who are listening and go, okay, uh, I know if I eat these nuts, my stomach is the worst. But yes. then I eat these spices and my stomach curls up and yes. I, they're so sensitive and narrow to certain foods. How do we expand that? And what's going on? Why can't we eat all these foods? Yeah, so think about it this way. Visualize this with me, okay? If you're traveling down into your gut, if you could see with a microscope, you would see a thick layer on both sides of bacteria, like super thick, like five rows deep. Our own cells is just one row. It's just one layer of cells. That's our intestinal cells. So what we have is on both sides, we have this thick, thick layer of bacteria that's there, that's protecting that one layer, right? So then you, like we said, we ravage it with antibiotics. So say we um, have an upbringing that didn't um, foster our diet, doesn't foster the bacteria. That lining becomes super thin and maybe almost non-existent in some areas. So now you have just your gut cells trying to fight, right? So you can't. It's like, uh, you know, the army, the opposing armies at your door. Right? Mm -hmm. So some stuff leaks in and our body has to make antibodies to it and makes a little inflammatory response and that's food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, the food that you loved, now you can't eat it. And you're like, what the heck? I never had this before. Now I can't, I can't do this spice. I can't do this food. I can't, this hurts my stomach. Why? Because that lining is compromised. And you're getting gluten sensitivity and you're getting, you know, nut sensitivity and all these sensitivities are coming from that gut lining. Now, so then you think, well, could, could you fix that? Yeah. If you start to change your diet, start to thicken that layer, you could repair that at least in some way so that you can start to tolerate those things in small amounts, maybe in the beginning. I don't know about you, but when I healed my gut, I was, a I was able to eat some of the things I never could eat before. Yeah. I can have fermented dairy and it's like, great. Doesn't cause me any issues. When, mm. when I was in my worst state and I was anxious and I was bloated and I was having all these hormone issues, I couldn't have dairy, not even a little bit. Mm. And that was, I thought, oh, I developed a wheat and gluten and dairy sensitivity. But really it was my gut that was suffering. Yeah, and it makes sense. I, mine's is onions. If yeah. I can't eat onions, I know my gut is a mess. Yes. But but as soon as I start feeling robust, yes. I didn't even think about it. And I'm like, oh, there was onions in yes. there. I'm, I'm fine. I'm not bloated. I don't have heartburn, yes. you know, and I just don't feel not good. Right. Um, so it's all about optimizing that 
thick layer. Yeah. That re reinforcing, fortifying that army wall. Yeah. Um, and, and what are some of the things we know about the fermented foods? Yes. We know about the prebiotic foods. Yeah. What are some other things? You mentioned yeah. antibiotics, what, things to avoid, things to incorporate. Yeah. How do we start doing it ourselves? Okay, so one of the easiest things you can do when, because we already talked about ultra processed foods, is identify in your mind exactly what ultra processed food is so you can start making better choices. So I think we should have a label. I think it should be clear that this is ultra processed so you can make a better decision because it's really complicated for most people to figure out, oh, is this, is this ultra processed mm. or not? But I'll give you a quick and dirty tip, okay? If you take something and you look at the ingredients on the back and you could not recreate this in your kitchen or any culinary setting, so it could, your kitchen might not have all the ingredients, yeah. but if you cannot create it with any ingredients in any kitchen, like it's not a culinary ingredient, it's ultra processed. Mm. So, you know, take for example, any of your favorite processed snacks. Um, I'm just thinking like um, Chips Ahoy cookies, right? It's not just wheat and chocolate chips, sugar, no. It's all these words that not, are not foods. Mm -hmm. They're stabilizers, they're emulsifiers, they're shelf, you know, they extend shelf life. They um, are hardeners, they're whatever, whatever purpose they serve for the industry. And that makes it ultra processed. Mm. And we don't even know exactly what it is, but when you classify foods just like that, just put them on this one, just simply just put them in two categories because people said this Nova classification, this is called the Nova classification. It's too simple. You're not taking into account which additives, blah, blah, blah. But they said, it's fine. Just put them into two different categories and let's just see what happens. And the ultra processed food group had 80% more mental health taste, the people who ate that. They had less of a, their longevity was reduced heart attacks and diabetes went up, right? So even if you take this crude, simple definition in your head, so next time, for example, I have, uh, I mentioned I have a daughter who's 13. She asked me for ice cream on the way home. And I said, okay, you know what? Let's go get ice cream. And I went to the grocery store and I just checked the label. Mm -hmm. And I said, which one has just milk, cream, and sugar? And that's it, real ingredients. You could recreate it if you had an ice cream machine, you could make it in your house. But I want it to be convenient and fun, right? Then you know, hey, maybe I'm not going to choose the thing that has all the artificial mm -hmm. stuff in there. I'll just choose the real one, right? So we can make better choices. We can still have fun. It could still be like a treat after school, right? Uh, same thing, you know, making a quick meal. I thought, well, I don't, I don't have time today to make a quick meal. I have my clinic. I have patients. I have book writing, but whatever. But I thought to myself, even if I just opened a thing of pasta and added spinach, some some spices um, and marinara, like that would be healthier by leaps and bounds. And so it's simple changes. So th that's number one thing that you can do. That's not the typical like fermented prebiotic, probiotic um, uh, food thing. And then the second thing I think is another fun thing is polyphenols. So polyphenols are food for the gut bacteria. Polyphenols are beautiful foods like blueberries and strawberries, but they're also like tea and chocolate, all the things that I think we all enjoy. That's good for your gut.
Mm, I love the polyphenols thing because we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. Now you said four of my foods that I'm eating every day. Yes. A little bit of chocolate, definitely tea, and a ton of blueberries. Yes. And and I know that they're helpful. I feel it in my body. There's right. like there's a reduction of inflammation. It just feels like no more burning is in my stomach. You know, the blueberries actually, uh, they saw even after one one meal of blueberries, you have a change in your cognitive function. I mean, it's that fast. For sure. I, I Almost every day I have a ton of blueberries yeah. in the morning. Yeah. I for love my day. blueberries. Yeah. And then like things like blueberries and cherries and um, especially cherries actually, they have this um, dopamine boosting effect. Mm. So when you eat these foods, um, you get like a surge of motivation and energy because dopamine is very closely related to norepinephrine. You know, when it comes to overall health, the little daily habits can make a huge difference. Take flossing, for example. Seems like such a minor thing, right? But taking good care of your teeth and gums does way more than just prevent cavities and bad breath. Emerging research shows that it can actually support whole body health and may even prevent cognitive decline as you age. That's wild, right? That's why I'm really excited to tell you about this awesome company called Slate and their game-changing three-in-one electric flosser. It's the only product out there that flosses your teeth, massages your gums, and even scrapes your tongue to remove bacteria to promote fresher breath. I've been using the Slate Flosser for about a month now and I'm hooked. Unlike regular floss picks that you have to jam into your mouth, this electric flosser does all the work for you with 12,000 sonic vibrations per minute, really cleaning out them gums. The innovative gum sweeps give your gums a gentle massage to increase circulation too. And let's not forget the built-in tongue scraper to help zap bad breath at the source. So to start one of the easiest and healthiest daily habits with the Slate Electric Flosser, Go to slateflosser.com and use the code DRG to get 10% off of your very own flosser. That's 10% off of your easy-to-use Slate Electric Flosser at slateflosser.com slash DRG, S-L-A-T-E-F-L-O-S-S-E-R.com, and the code is DRG. You know, living a long life is great. It is. We all want to live longer. But what's even better is living those years in good health, right? Free of the chronic diseases and the ailments. Unfortunately for many, the gap between lifespan and healthspan is way too wide. And we spent our last years ill, not enjoying our life to the fullest. And that's why I'm always into research-based products, quality supplements that are coming out to you, the highest, the best of the best, some of the best rigorously tested supplements. And one of my favorite companies across the board is Momentus. And they have two that I use every single day creatine and collagen. These are the two powerhouses at work. I've been open and I've been working out more four times a week. I'm lifting heavy weights and these are staples. And, I, and not just me, I think everyone should be out working out, building muscle, staples to muscle repair and muscle growth. But what sets Momentus apart from the rest is its clinically researched formulas. For the collagen, it delivers 15 grams of collagen, supporting your body in various ways. And it's not just one type of collagen, it's all the types of collagen, right? A lot of companies just have one type of collagen. You want all the types of your body's absorbing and utilizing this collagen the way you desire the body to use it. But boy, oh boy, the gold standard for working out, if you're not on this, you don't even have to be working out. You can use it for your brain. It's creatine. Momentous creatine is fantastic. There's no fillers, no additive, pure, effective ingredients you can trust. Trust is everything when it comes to supplements. Momentous third-party test. There's no surprises. What you see on the package is what you get. So if you're like me, you want to feel your body with the best of the best, go to livemomentous.com and use the code DRG for 15% off of creatine and collagen and all their top-notch products. That is L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com with the code DRG for your discount. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to the mental part, the mental mm -hmm. health. Now, a lot 
a lot of people, even more so we were talking off airing children, more depression, more anxiety, right? More of these mental health issues. And aside from all the emotional things that they may be dealing with, how is the gut playing an important role? What's the mechanism? What's happening in the gut, to the brain? Where are the nerves? What's going yeah. on? Okay, so you brought up an amazing burgeoning field that is gonna blow your mind, okay? It's called psychobiotics. There are bacteria in your gut that can change your entire mental state. And they've seen it in schizophrenia, in uh, Alzheimer's and depression. So what they did is, um, and this is a study that really blew my mind. They took schizophrenic patients and they took the stool from them, their gut bacteria from them, and they put it into mice. And the researchers were able to pick out which mice had gotten schizophrenic bacteria, like from the patient versus the patients that didn't have schizophrenia. And they mixed them all up, but the researchers were able to tell by 100% accuracy which mice had received the microbiome from the schizophrenic patients. Why? Because the mice were acting with schizophrenic traits. Wow. Nothing changed in the brain. They just transplanted the bacteria. Then they were like, whoa, is this true with depression? Yep, you can cure depression. Oh, wait, is this true with autism? Is it true with Alzheimer's? Is it true with anxiety? One after another, they're like, wait a second. This is all coming from the gut. Mm. And so it's like flipping mental health like upside down because you're like, wait a second. If we can cure these people, if there is a potential right now, it's like mostly animal studies. Only some are like that schizophrenia where they um, took humans to animals. Yeah. But they still, they've done a few human studies, but they can't figure out the right concoction yeah. without doing a fecal transplant. You know, yeah. if you do a fecal transplant, slam dunk, right? Yeah. But if what if we just wanted to create like a, a, a concoction of bacteria? Because the bacteria have to interact with your own gut and then send the signals to the brain. So we're trying to figure out like, how is this happening? Yeah. Where, how are they communicating so strongly that it can actually just change the whole thing? We know, okay, we know bacteria make dopamine and that dopamine is stronger than our own. We know the bacteria make serotonin. We know the bacteria make, um, they make this thing called LPS, which is a, a lipopolysaccharide, which actually blocks some of the good chemicals. So we know they have the potential to go both ways. Happy, you said, right? So, but what is it about them? What's the right group of bacteria that you should be um, taking? But before we get to that answer, what I'm telling you with my book is that we already know that the diet rapidly changes the microbiome in three days. Yeah. So why aren't we just doing that? Mm -hmm. Why do we need to find the secret concoction of pills right. to take right. to change this, right? Yeah. We already yeah. know. Why wouldn't then we take our depressed, say, patients, and we say, all right, you're gonna change your diet rapidly and completely. And we're gonna put you in a control setting, just like you know you would with any other intervention. And we're gonna give you all the unprocessed foods that fit into these categories that are gonna refeed your gut. And we'll see in two weeks how you feel. I mean, what's, why aren't we doing that? Yeah. Yeah, and it can be in three days. Yeah. In three days, it's starting to turn over. It's starting to get better. So we already know, I mean, what I would do 
if I was in charge of the study, they've already done studies where they add it to the, the SSRI. So you're already taking an antidepressant yeah. and you add, um, they did studies with adding probiotics, um, not foods, just probiotic supplements. And they found that it even helps the antidepressant work better, okay? But what if you rapidly changed their diet and maybe the lifestyle too, right? What if we could have an intervention that um, was simple and reproducible and we do it for all the people who have some mental health um, issues or not mm -hmm. and we see how good you can feel like yeah. i i think we learn the hard way i know a little bit about you and me i learned the hard way i had to learn the hard way i got i was super anxious i thought i just called it stress because it was embarrassing in my culture like in south asian culture you don't say mental health buzzwords like depression anxiety you mm -hmm. say i'm stressed i'm yeah. busy i'm this i'm i'm down i'm uh, you know you know in a funk or whatever yeah. you use all these um words because not accepted what i realized is i was really low i mean i was in a place where i was thinking what should i do i don't know what to do like so i think that anyone that has gone through that had to learn themselves that there may be an alternative way let's let, let's see if sleep and sunlight and i wish i knew then that yeah. these dietary changes were so systematic that you could do to just change it fast because i learned all i did all the wrong things i tried all the different solutions online because i didn't know where to turn i mean the doctors my own colleagues were like you're fine you're busy your mom your doctor you're you know you're getting mm -hmm. older it's all mm -hmm. it's all that and I was like, but I don't want to feel like this every day. Right, right. And so I had to learn the hard way. And I, I think most people who come to this space learn it the hard way. But then now I'm saying, hey, but we have these kids now that are growing up in this very toxic environment. And we have to teach them. We have to save them from yeah. this fate that they're kind of going towards. Yeah, inevitably. And this is how it's unfolding. Right. So, so, and just to think, one thing that really stuck with me is the reduction in just the diversity and strength of the microbiome as the successive generations keep going. It's like, what are my grandkids' stomach going to look like? Yeah. yeah. That's a big, that, it's like we talk about generational trauma. That's in itself a direct trauma to the it gut, is. to the health, to the physical body over and over. So, these are the take homes. Ultra processed, get off of it. Yeah. Look at the back of the label. If you can't make it in your kitchen, don't do it. Right. We know the prebiotic, the fermented foods, we yes. know those. But really, the polyphenols yes. is a big one. And then I'm missing one more. What did um, you say before the polyphenols? Well, well omega 3 fatty foods. Okay, those. So omega 3s are special, not just because of their anti inflammatory potential, but because they have the potential to. Um, nourish the gut bacteria um, and also to help our hunger hormones so we choose the right foods so hunger um, hormones like ghrelin and leptin and neuropeptide wine cck especially cck closest to kinine is our satiety hormone that's very sensitive to omega-3s mm -hmm. and so we can feed our good uh, gut bacteria grow it and also help our hunger and our cognition as we know through omega-3s. Mm. Um, and then the other thing I would say is um, amino acid rich foods. So do you know this theory of um, the protein um, theory? It's basically, I forgot, it's called, um, basically what it is is that you will eat 
until you get a certain amount of protein, mm -hmm. amino acids in your stomach and your intestines, and that's a signal to your brain to release more leptin. Mm -hmm. And what people have been hypothesizing is that in natural foods, even plant foods, animal foods, dairy foods, it's amino acid rich. And these amino acids um, tell the brain when to stop eating. In ultra-processed, fiberless um, you know, snacks, there's no protein. And so what they're thinking is that the appetite centers don't know that you've eaten that much. They just keep thinking you need to eat more to get up to that protein ah. threshold. And so amino acid rich foods, like I didn't believe in that. I ate a very low protein diet all growing up because we, I grew up vegetarian and in my home, we would eat beans and lentils, but it would be a small amount. And as I was a kid, I didn't even want that stuff, right? And my parents moved to America and we adopted a very Americanized diet because they were busy and they were working two jobs and um, there wasn't a lot of money, right? So instead of cooking these um, homemade meals, we were having a lot of processed foods. And when I learned about the amino acids and this protein threshold theory, I guess it's called, I realized, oh, I, I need to switch how I eat and eat more real foods with amino acids so that you feel fuller and it helps your gut bacteria mm -hmm. because a lot of our neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, they have amino acids as their precursors. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, oh, no wonder you get a dopamine boost when you're eating a high protein breakfast, right? Like, so when, as you change that, you'll notice a change in your mood and your motivation. And I have definitely noticed that. And as for me personally, and I'll tell all the women out there listening, that as you get older, you're losing 3% of your muscle mass every year. And so if you're not counteracting that with weight training and increasing your protein intake, you're deteriorating by the year. Wow. So I think... Most women think, oh, protein is for bodybuilders. No, protein is for everyone. everyone. And I'm not talking about protein shakes and bars. <laughs> We're talking about real amino acids. Not the GNC stuff. We're talking no, about yeah. getting whole foods, but yeah. getting it into your diet throughout the day. And, and, and I thought about that. You know, one of my colleagues talked about that, and she's like, you know, you're, you're 30 and up now. Yeah. Now you really need to be even working out weight training even more before you, and now I'm heading towards 40. Yes. Really getting those that muscle. So, I, I man, ever since she told me that, I was going to the gym. I do push-ups every day. Yeah. And I feel more fit, but I had to bring up the protein too. Yes. And I realized the mood was better. Yeah, there Right? You go. Those moments where I'm like, okay, I'm going to work out less because I'm yes. so busy. Yes. And then eat less protein. Yeah. Eat just eat less in general. And then I find the mental health is just, it's just that there's more anxiety, more fog. 100%. The amino acids are everything. It's everything. And, you know, people get caught up because, like we said, there's a difference between fitness and health. Yeah. And the fitness tells you, eat as much protein as you can in any form, you know. Nonstop. Yeah, nonstop. And I'm saying to you, what I discovered is when you learn about ultra-processed foods, you know what your bar is, the protein bar that you love? It's literally a Snickers, and then imagine having a Snickers and then a glass with protein in it, um, and you take both 
at the mm-hmm. same. You would never eat a Snickers and a glass with protein in it, yeah. but you're eating a Snickers bar with protein embedded in it, and it's called a protein bar, right? So I had to really shift my thinking because when I first started eating protein, I was like, "This is great! Mm-hmm. It tastes delicious, mm-hmm. right?" Like all of these it's candy, yeah, these uh, these smoothies and shakes and the whole thing. And then I realized that that's ultra processed too. Like yeah. the bodybuilding weight training world really needs to wake up to say like, hey, fitness and health can overlap if you do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, the bodybuilders are pretty much as inflamed in some ways as the non-exercisers. Yeah. And it's crazy to think about, right? Because mm-hmm. on the surface, you go, whoa, look at how fit this person is. What's going on on the inside? They're dying of a heart attack. They're dying of a heart attack. Exactly. <laughs> but it, it just blows my mind, the food industry, how the scientists can hack yes. the human body, the physiology to try to outsmart for, to get us to eat more and eat more and eat more. And the protein threshold is so, so interesting to me because it's like, oh, it makes sense. Of course, the body's own intelligence yeah. is not, it's not going to have us eat ourselves to death. Yeah. It goes, hey, I need everything that I need to for the brain, for the gut, for the muscles. Now you don't need to eat anymore. Yeah, that um, the study that I told you about the ultra processed food where they um, had people on the same diet, um, fat, sugar, salt, calories, but one was ultra processed and one was real foods. The researchers at the end of it said their theory was that the microbiome changed in the ultra processed group and the brain um, didn't sense the protein threshold. And those two things they think were the reason why these people gained the weight and they ate more. Mm. If we think about how important the microbiome is just to our overall health. It's, it's pretty astounding when we were connecting so much of the nervous system, the brain, to our gut. Yeah. Is there a connection between also our hormones at all yeah. in, in, oh. the, in the gut bacteria? Okay, this is going to blow your mind too because it totally blew my mind. So they took the microbiome of a male and they put it into a female. And then the female's testosterone rose to the level of a male. And they're like, wait a second, we didn't remove the testes, we didn't change any hormone, just the bacteria. The bacteria in your gut are constantly creating and balancing the hormones. That's incredible to like, think about. We, t- I mean, people are obsessed with testosterone, right? Right, like, right, we get shots for it. Yeah, like everyone is on testosterone for one reason, it seems like. And if you knew that, hey, your gut bacteria could make that for you, then you wonder, oh, well, maybe that's why we have a hormone crisis, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And, and how many things on the outside with chemicals in our food or even exposures in the environment are affecting our gut bacteria too that is causing disruptions, right? Uh-huh. And how many of them are xenoestrogens affecting our hormones, but then also disrupting our gut bacteria. It's like a two-hit you know, every single time over and over. Exactly. It's like our body is very, very strong. But when you keep hitting it, I always tell over someone like inflammation is like that scrape on your leg that keeps opening and, you know, you heal it and then it kind of opens and then you hurt it so many times in the same place. It doesn't heal anymore or the healing process is just is stunted. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just thinking about how beautiful the body is and how resilient it is. We can bring it back. I know. So so let's say I go, hey doc, 
I feel depressed, I'm bloated, I've been eating ultra-processed foods, I just heard you on this amazing podcast, Heal Thyself with Dr. <laughs> G. Uh, what are we gonna do in three days? What is, what yeah. is the three-day plan immediately starting today? Yeah, so if I were gonna give you a three-day plan, I would tell you to add six foods um, to your diet every day, and six categories. So you can pick between, because people tell me like, I hate bok choy, you know, whatever. Right. I get it. So the six categories are glucosinolates. Glucosinolates are things that have sulfur in them, like uh, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, cabbage. Okay, so glucosinolates. Polyphenols, which we already cover, green tea, berries. Um, Omega-3 fatty foods. So it could be salmon, but it could be flaxseed, or um, uh, you could do uh, vegan algae oil too. Mm Um, then you have amino acid rich foods. We said, you know, high protein foods are going to give you that boost. Then we say dopamine, um, foods. So things that are going to boost your dopamine, like cherries, berries, uh, 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 nuts, seeds, uh, eggs. Okay. And then the last thing is fiber, any form of fiber. Fermentable fiber is the best fiber in general. These six foods every day. Wow. And watch your microbiome change. Three days. Three I'm, days. I'm already getting it going. You get it. I don't even know how I'm going to feel by day 10. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's what I'm saying. So when if you're talking to me about advanced, if you're like, okay, I did this. Now I want the advanced version. Um, so the advanced version is four to six ferments a day, and, servings, and 30 different plant foods a week. So that's advanced. So the reason I tell you this is that you may start with just adding one of the six foods every day. Then you may go to all six foods yeah. every day. Then you may say, all right, I'm ready for like the the ultra marathon, not just the half marathon, right? So that's um, the fermented foods because they saw in a study, they said, okay, fiber. Fiber is really good for the mi- microbiome. So what is it about the fiber? So yeah. they did a group where it's just fiber and then it was fermentable fiber, meaning like things that are probiotic fiber. So kimchi, miso, uh, fermented cabbage, all that stuff. They found that the group that was eating four to six, the highest level of fermented foods, they had the strongest, most anti-inflammatory microbiome that existed, like something that would be similar to, you know, the roaming um, uh, caveman back in the day. So you can get there. Uh, I don't think it's easy to start with four to six in the beginning. But remember, apple cider vinegar is a fermented food. Mm. Um, probiotic cottage cheese and yogurt is a fermented food. So really, to me, I was like, when I was actually thinking about it, I thought, okay, I could have, like you, could have some apple cider vinegar in your salad or in a glass of water, right? Yeah. Then you have either a yogurt or a cottage cheese um, that's probiotic. So for those of you who don't know, you have to look at the back label in America. Of course, you can buy yogurt and cottage cheese that does not have live bacteria. And then maybe you have miso um, or uh, some kind of uh, sauerkraut or cabbage. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's already four. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? What really helps me is I have the kimchi in the jar and before meals, I'll put a spoon in there and just eat it. Yeah. That's like my getting ready for the yeah. meal. That's how I could convince myself. And it's helpful because minimum, I'm getting three servings already of fermentable. And then in the meals, like apple yeah. cider vinegar, I can put in there. Yeah. Maybe something has tempeh in there, right? right? Or, or miso in there. Have you ever had, um, 
what is that, natto? Yeah, nat oh, natto is an interesting food. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that one <laughs> I was like, oh, acquired taste. That's an acquired taste. But um, we're talking about kids and social media. So my kids found this viral video on TikTok. I'm sure all of you have already seen it, but I, I hadn't. Apparently, there's a way to whip natto with rice. Whoa. Um, that makes it taste delicious. And my kids, of course, watched the video and said, oh, we found this video. So I said, great, let's do it. So every time they they do ballroom dance, and every time they do their ballroom dance lesson, we go to the Japanese restaurant, we get the natto bowls with the rice, and they whip it up like TikTok taught them, uh -huh. and they eat it. And it um, changes the texture, like it's not as sticky, yeah. and it kind of mixes with the rice, and it tastes really good. Interesting. So just whip it up with the rice. And, yeah, and, and we do it every, like, two or three times a week whenever we go. Um, it's kind of a fun way for them to get some ferments into them because mm -hmm. let's be honest it's not so fun for a kid to eat you know kimchi sometimes they'll eat it you know it's fine sometimes but, right yeah but, but it's, it's just really hard to get those fermentable i mean they're kind of sour. sour they have they're bitter they have like a like a vinegary taste all the time they're the opposite of a starbucks frappuccino exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> which we're so ultra processedly used to wanting we right. go yeah this is our do dopamine right yeah. we go crazy for it now what if someone is having trouble losing weight? Mm -hmm. What if they go, listen, my calories have gone down. Yeah. I've been working out. Yes. But I ain't pooping and I have bloating and yes. I have heartburn. What's going on there? So depends on if you started obese or not. Okay. So we know that obesity alters your hunger hormones. And that's why it's so hard because people will say, oh, it's just, you're just lazy. You just need to go exercise. No, it's their whole their hunger hormones have been altered. They are leptin resistant, meaning their cells, uh, fat cells pump out so much leptin into their bloodstream that their body has become resistant to it. So they're not as full, even with the same amount of food, right? So you have to take a different approach if you started with an obesity um, already versus if you're not obese and you're just trying to lose weight, you're just trying to lose weight because you've been sedentary because of the pandemic, you didn't realize you know, that you needed to walk or eat healthy. These days, these days, it seems like everyone is carrying on a beverage, whether it's soda or flavored water, or kombucha or coffee or tea, but not all beverages are created equal when it comes to quality and health benefits. That is why I become obsessed with Peaks Sun Goddess Matcha. I've been using this for, it's one of the first supplements I really invested in. It's four years ago, probably. And it's not just any old matcha powder. We're talking organic ceremonial grade matcha tea that has been meticulously screened for pesticides, heavy metals, mold, and even radioactive isotopes Peak takes no shortcuts. Their matcha is cultivated by ninth degree tea masters in Kagoshima, Japan, using century old traditions. Their plants are shaded for 35% longer than usual to maximize the production of vital compounds like L-theanine for calm, steady energy and chlorophyll for its detoxifying anti-aging properties. I start every morning with a frothy cup of sun goddess matcha, not just for energizing my body, you know, we all want to get that caffeine kick, yeah, okay, but for the amazing gut health, metabolism boosting, and antioxidant benefits. The phytonutrients nurture my digestive system, the EGCG compounds help my body burn calories efficiently, and the chlorophyll gives my skin the awesome reading. You see I'm glowing right now, right? That's because of the matcha. There's perfectly proportioned packets that are easy to mix with water whenever I need to pick me up, so easy to make a consistent self-care ritual. Peak is offering you, the Heal Thyself listener, 15% off of their sun goddess matcha, 
plus a free beaker and a rechargeable frother when you go to peaklife.com slash DRG. They're so confident that you're going to love it. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. No code at checkout. Just go to P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash DRG. You're going to get 15% off plus all those freebies. Then you use those hunger and satiety hormones to your advantage. That GLP-1, the one that everyone's taking an injection for, the Ozempic, that's a hormone in your gut that you could control by eating the right foods. You can increase your leptin, you can increase your CCK, your neuropeptide YY with certain foods. Like for, That's why fermented foods are so great because they help your hunger hormones um, calm down. Sunlight um, helps your satiation hormones go up. Um, so what I would do if I were someone who was, you know, trying to just kind of revamp their health, I would start with just concentrating on reseeding that gut, mm. getting more sunlight, getting more movement and eating foods that nourish the gut. And guess what? Weight loss is going to be a side effect. Once your body starts working in the way, giving you the signal that you're full, giving you the signal that um, you don't need to eat that thing, you start to lose weight. I love that. I love to think that the microbiome has that much implication on our on our weight. Yes. And everyone's taking that shot right now and everyone's wanting to lose weight. But you're telling me that, oh yeah, by the way, our microbiome produces that. Yeah. All we got to do is feed it right. so it can give us back all of those healthy signals for us to lose weight. So, and then the other thing I teach in the book is that um, cravings often were set when you were a kid mm. or when, you know, at the time, your body just wanted to survive. And it was trying to figure out a way to get quick hit of dopamine, right? So when you were a kid and you went to a baseball game with your dad, you know, in Queens or whatever, or your parents, or, and you ate all that junk food there, um, that gave you a sense of family and community. And a lot of times that's um, what stays. It could be a fun event, it could be a traumatic event, right? So a stressful event or fun. And it's a memory. Yeah. And now every time you have a fun family event, you start to crave those same foods. And there might be particular ones and you can taste it and smell it in your head. The memories come back, right? That's how strong our neurological system is. They want to keep you safe. They want to know how to make your body feel good. So wow. these memories. But you can retrain them. Our brain is plastic. And yes, it's not going to be easy um, to retrain it in an artificial way. But there's ways. So I'll give you an example. When you gamble and you get a win after many losses, that's the biggest dopamine burst and it creates the pathway. And that's why gambling is so addictive because you get this amazing feeling of euphoria. And then quickly, how dopamine pathways work is quickly after the euphoria starts to wear down, you immediately get some discomfort. It's almost like pleasure mixed with pain because now you want to do it more just to kind of calm that pain down. So when you find a, a very big dopamine trigger in your life, be it chocolate chip cookies or something, it's not a 100% pleasurable experience. Mm -hmm. It's pleasure mixed with pain. If you've ever noticed that, yeah. it's like you love it so much that you're almost like, oh my God, when am I going to get it again? Like, am I eating yeah. too much? Like, it's like a discomfort, right? Yeah. That's your dopamine system. It's keeping you addicted to that. And it's supposed to be good. Okay, I'll give you an example. When you forage for food for your family, 
um, thousands of years ago and you got food and you're happy and you ate it all, your body wants you, your brain wants you to remember, hey, but tomorrow you got to do that again. You right. have to, you know, go motivate you to get out there, build, um, create, forage, hunt, you know, do all mm -hmm. those things. Um, it's a way to keep you motivated. Um, but that can go haywire. Yeah, especially in today's world. Yes, and especially because we don't know this info, but they all do. Yeah. You think the casinos don't know this information? I'm sure they do. They, I'm sure they have the best scientists behind it, psychological scientists. They're with making everything. it, yeah, they're creating the win at that moment when your dopamine is most anticipating it. Like it has to be random. So the way uh, dopamine, the strongest dopamine release is when it's intermittent but randomly intermittent. Wow, yeah. So video games, right? Right. Um, gambling, all of these intermittent rewards, like you don't get it every time, but when you get it, it's like. It's a big one. You're just yeah. like, wow. I've... Has anything, has there any science been published on the microbiome and libido yeah. and sex and sexuality yes. and, and, and attraction and connection? Anything there unfolding? So interesting. So um, the dopamine pathway, works on relationships too, right? So have you ever, I'm not gonna say you, I don't wanna be too personal, but like if you have a toxic girl or guy in your life and you keep going back. Mm, that happens often for many people. Right? And that is your dopamine pathway. It's intermittent. It's a reward that you get and it's like when you get that reward, when you get that love or that affection from that person, it's like an explosion in your brain and then you want it and then you don't get it and then you keep wanting it again because you're thinking well intermittently randomly maybe they'll turn around maybe things will right. change and a lot of those people they know right intuitively they know if they just give you a little they know that they can keep you in that chase and i know i if you know human relationships friendships and relationships you know that there's like a chase and the chaser is looking for some kind of feedback from the person. And, yeah. you know, when you talk about dating, a lot of these guys or girls know that someone's chasing them. They're not necessarily that interested, but they're going to maybe once or twice, they'll go out with them, right? right? Give them a little bit of dopamine boost. So it keeps them interested, keeps them coming back. It's the same thing as gambling, same thing as video games, same thing. And that's how toxic relationships form it's like you get this dopamine burst and you want more of it mm. and some people get so addicted to the toxicity that they create it they are drama dopamine people right, right? that argument it's a dopamine release it's adrenaline it's like really exciting and then you crave it again Mm -hmm. And then there's that crash and the crying and then you guys make up and then you guys get into a fight a month later, you know, it's just cycle and That's cycle. The, that is the dopamine. So a lot of people have a lower baseline dopamine and they are more likely to try to get it from all of these toxic places. When you heal your microbiome, you can raise your baseline levels of dopamine, right? Mm. So you're not fiending for external sources from everywhere. And, you know, a lot of it is, as you know, toxic cycles that were formed maybe years ago that you don't even understand, um, but you can't break it.
And I always find that these drama-filled relationships, it's like it happens over and over and over again with different people mm-hmm. for the same person yeah. because that person is not addicted to, it's not like that person's always encountering bad people. It's that they want that dopamine mm-hmm. first. And you can retrain. I talk about how to kind of retrain your brain to not want those toxic dopamine bursts. Um, And I think it's really interesting when you take it to the relationship realm uh, because it teaches you that, hey, you can retrain your brain to have positive, like dopamine um, can be released with sex, with relationships, with good conversation with son, with love, you know. So there are good ways to release that dopamine that don't necessarily need to involve the toxic parts of it. Mm. The when when it comes to dopamine and and those hits that we keep taking, is our cell phone really lowering that baseline? Yeah. Think about how many times an hour we check social media. The notifications, right? I mean, you and I are on social media. When you have a post that went viral like that, euphoria, that's dopamine. we did it. Yeah, Yeah, that's why everyone's hearing it Um, now. So I went to see a comedy show with um, Hassan uh, Minaj. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't know, maybe he does know about dopamine, but he probably doesn't. And he was talking about social media and how he started to get addicted to when his post would go viral. And he said he started to want that more and more and he was willing to risk more and more to get that. And I thought to myself, oh, he's talking about the dopamine pathway. He was getting a big hit, intermittent, you know, unexpected first couple of times. And then you're starting to fiend, you want it more and more. And so he was talking about how he was doing things to create more buzz, more virality. And I thought to myself, oh, yeah, he's talking about that dopamine cycle. He got addicted and then he couldn't stop. Yeah, yeah. And it's so hard for us. It's hard for me. I'm sure it's hard for you to not to not fixate on, um, you know, virality or likes or um, attention, because sometimes um, it's a good thing Mm because it teaches you like, right, it teaches you what the audience likes and wants, but it can go the other way. And yeah. social media is really hard because we said, you know what, TikTok rewards, very, you know, sexualized behavior, very rude um, behavior, something completely off the wall. That's what it rewards. And so it's giving rewards to creators that create content that is super toxic. Yeah. Isn't that wild? And we hear about, on a side note, TikTok in, in China, it's so deeply regulated. Yeah. And there's a lot of education on TikTok in yes. China and kids can't use it past a certain time. And they talk, they teach about history of China, important yeah. things that for them, educational, but for the rest of the world, they released it to the rest of the world. And they're like, oh, we're going to toxify the rest of the world. It's wild. Because it's like, if you, the algorithms work on, you know, how many um, views something's getting, yeah. What gets the most views? Let's be honest. It's the stuff that gives you the dopamine burst. It's so shocking, so weird, so out of... And so that gets more reward. And so all the creators know the most shocking, the weirdest, the rudest, the most sexualized content, that's the ones 
that's going to work. Yeah. It's, it's just wild to think about the world we're in, not only from the ultra-processed food, the ultra-processed information stimulus we're getting from our phones, right? Everything that is affecting our gut, the microbiome, which talking to you has an implication on everything, our everything. mental health, our gut bacteria affecting our obesity, our, our, our weight, inflammation, my God, dopamine, neurotransmitters. It's like everything, and we don't even think about where we're at. But you empower us so much by telling us, hey, Listen, three days, start implementing these foods, right? Yeah. We have that list now. I hope you all wrote it down. Yeah. We got that list and then, you know, we could just really make a major change for ourselves just with diet. Yeah, like we think about um, the mind controls everything and it does, right? But the mind and the gut are connected. So in our embryo, it's one and then they separate, okay? So if you are able to control the mind and the gut, you have control over everything. Yeah. So our brain actually has the power to change our microbiome. So it goes both ways. Our mm. microbiome can change the brain. Mostly our microbiome, it's mostly 80, 20, or 90, 10, right? But your brain also has a way of changing that microbiome. We don't know how, and we don't know if it's just coincidence, but the people who are generally describe themselves as, um, you know, happy-go-lucky, yeah. self-described, have different microbiomes than those who are pessimists or mm -hmm. on the lower side. And it's like the thoughts also influence the gut. That's what we think. We don't know because we don't know the pathways yet. Yeah, yeah. So, But, but we know that there's a deep connection. Between right? your thoughts. I mean, we know, right? Yeah. Your thoughts yeah. create your environment inside. Yeah, I, lo I love that. We're thinking, and listen... We, we have another hour and a half, but I know you got a flight. You got to go back to Arizona. I know. It's uh, too bad. We, okay. First of all, what is the book's name? When do we get the book? Where do we find it? Yes. Thank you. Um, the book is called I'm So Effing Hungry. That's and me right now. Exactly. And so if you carry the book, you might get offered a snack, which is a nice side effect. If yeah. you're sitting on a plane, people yeah. will be like, oh, she's hungry. Um, and it's available everywhere. Books are sold. It's coming out February 28th. Wow. It's at amymdwellness.com forward slash book. If you need, uh, there's all bonuses there. There's a chapter there that's never been seen before. It was like cut from the book. You can have that um, and all the other bonuses over there. We have the director's cut coming straight from you. Yeah. We just go on the website and we have all the goodies. There you go. I love that. Everyone go get the book. I'm telling you, man. Oh. Hey, listen, when, listen, when Amy comes with her info, we got to listen. Let me tell you something. You told me to work out on a fasted stomach. Yes. The la two years ago, yeah. we were on our um, on our podcast. And every time I work out, I go on a fasted stomach. Amazing. I still do it ever since, Amazing. Ever since our show. Some days when I'm really busy, I have work, I have calls, I'll just go for 20 minutes, like a quick walk around the block. Like yeah. I, it doesn't need, like I tell people, I'm like, you don't need to be doing a full-on, um, full Whole workout. Thing, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, just stimulating the body. Right. Movement, like, walk, just something, getting the just, blood flowing. Yeah, just delaying a little bit that coffee and food and whatever. So. And then you come back. But go listen, everyone, to that first one, too, about fasting. This was a fantastic show. How do people find you? amymdwellness.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm fastingmd. Everywhere else, I'm amyshotmd. Amazing. Go check her out. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll see you next year for part three, okay? Yes, I, I, I hope so. I love that.